You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JesusFromTheCouch.com, celebrating yet another Blue Jays Fan Friday with you all. Um, going to be a lot to talk about today. We're going to try and fit it all in as much as possible. Um, uh, obviously, the fan question that I asked earlier today about Roy Halladay, who's going to be inducted posthumously into the Hall of Fame this weekend. I, I wanted to get some thoughts on your memories of Doc, and we'll be talking about that in the second half of the podcast. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Detroit series coming up. Hopefully it will go well since Detroit is pretty bad. So maybe the Blue Jays can have a little bit of a bounce back following the disappointing way that Boston series kind of progressed, but we are going to start with the latest of the ever swirling vortex of rumors that surrounds Marcus Stroman. It's, it's no secret. He's probably going to be gone. It's very possible that he's that the start he makes tonight against Detroit is his last one as a Blue Jay, which will be very sad and actually parallels very nicely from the talk that we're going to have later on Roy Halladay. Um, but yeah, the latest rumor coming out is that the Phillies are actually sending scouts to tonight's game against the Tigers. And the Phillies haven't gotten a lot of buzz, not only as a candidate for Marcus Stroman, but as a postseason contender in general. And I think a lot of people were surprised that the Phillies are potentially getting in on this, but um, it, it makes sense for Philadelphia to go after someone to kind of pair with Aaron Nola, who's been electrifying this season. Um, and I guess Jake Arrieta, who's, you know, a bit of a garbage person, but not to the extent of other garbage people. But um, it's clear they could use more help. Um, Nick Pavetta's not been reliable for the Phillies. Um, Jared Eikhoff got moved into the rotation. He's been all right. But um, again, essentially what Philadelphia could use is another solid starter because you, you cannot rely on the young arms that they have. Like you're, you're banking on like Zach Eflin and Vince Velasquez to be number threes. And it's very difficult to believe that they can actually do that. So in looking at 
what the Phillies had to offer when you compare it to other teams. Like, like obviously San Diego has like Mackenzie Gore, Josh Naylor, um, Cal Quantrill, um, Adrian Morihan. Um, they have a variety of, of options to offer. Houston has a variety of options to offer. Atlanta has a variety of arms to offer. And at first glance, it doesn't seem like Philadelphia would have the chips to really compete with those teams, especially after the offseason deal that saw Sixto Sanchez move to Miami in exchange for JT Realmuto. However, um, I was talking uh, on Twitter uh, with Tyler, who who's at Nichols in Dimes 2, ND Dimes 2. Um, he's a Delaware native. He's a Philly fan. So he actually has a fair amount of knowledge on the system. And we were discussing what a package would look at. And for for me, the name that stood out immediately that the that the Blue Jays should be asking for is um, Adonis Medina, who is Philadelphia's number two prospect, their best pitching prospect remaining after the trade of Sixto Sanchez. Um, Medina profiles very well as a starter. He has three pitches that he uses, fastball, slider, changeup. Um, he has control over all of them. Um, he throws a lot of strikes, but it's a matter of getting them in the zone and getting them like getting that 60 fastball in there, which he can hit 95, 96 with it and, and get it in his own, which is pretty nice. So um, he's a ground ball pitcher, which fits into what the Blue Jays want to do. He has a 353 ERA at reading so far this season or, or reading. I never, I never know how to pronounce that town, but double A he's, He's doing pretty well. 353 ERA there. Um, he's projected to be ready next year. And um, he he is in the top 100, but he is lower down. He's number 77, according to MLB.com, which may not be the level of prospect that the Blue Jays are looking for, the Blue Jays fans are looking for. But um, the Phillies do have a little more to offer. I know when I was talking with Tyler, he was kind of, you know, doing doing the whole used car thing on Marcus Strom. Like, yeah, he's good. He's solid. He's not an ace, which, I mean, the, the Phillies aren't looking for an ace. They have Aaron Nola to be their ace. But, you know, Marcus Stroman, again, proven postseason performer. He's going to be that again for someone, much like Roy Halladay. So... I was talking to Tyler and like, like trying to see what else do you think you could throw in there? Like, would they throw in another pitching prospect like Spencer Howard or Jojo Romero? And Tyler actually did bring up an interesting point that I don't know if a lot of Blue Jays fans want to go down this road, but... It makes a lot of sense. Um, he threw Nick Williams into the deal. And given what the Blue Jays did with J-Hop last season, Nick Williams fits into that MO way too easily. Um, Williams was a former top prospect 
um, drafted by the Rangers in the second round, went to the Phillies in the Cole Hamels deal, and hasn't really caught on as well as they'd like at the major league level. He was a top 100 prospect for four seasons from 2014 to 2017. Had a good start to his MLB career, batted 288 in 2017 with Philadelphia, but has struggled to nail down a solid spot in the majors. Um, He's been mostly off the bench this season, batting 167 for the Phillies, so not great. But when he was down in Lehigh Valley, which is Philadelphia's AAA team, he's batting 345 with with six home runs, 16 RBIs. And for a team that doesn't know what it's going to get out of Anthony Alford or if Anthony Alford's going to be healthy enough to be a contributor, um, Nick Williams actually might make sense. Which, again, he, he, he screams Billy McKinney with a slightly higher pedigree. But it's exactly the kind of guy that the Blue Jays would look at, especially if they're still trying to figure out what they're doing in the outfield. Because we're not sure if Teoscar Hernandez is a long-term option. Um, Again, can't be sure if Alfred's going to be healthy enough. You don't want to keep throwing Eric Sogard out there. So, Williams primarily played right field, but he has the ability to go across the outfield, much like Randall Gretschek does. He's played all three positions. So Tyler threw him out as a name that the Blue Jays could be interested in. I think it would take a bit more than that. You'd have to start with Medina. If you want to throw in Williams, fine. I think the Blue Jays would probably look at that more than an outfielder prospect like Adam Hazley, who also made his debut this season for Philadelphia. Um then you'd probably have to get another arm. Um, Cole Irvin's an interesting name to remember in that scenario. Irvin's 25. He's made MLB starts for the for the Phillies. Well, he's made MLB appearances for the Phillies so far this season. Three starts, six games, 782 ERA. But he's a lefty. He's stretched out. He kind of meets what the Blue Jays want. If they want to get MLB-ready arms in the rotation, he actually was drafted by the Blue Jays in 2012 um, out of high school and then went to Oregon, had Tommy John surgery, came back and was able to to parlay that into a fifth-round selection. So he's the kind of arm that I I wonder if the Blue Jays are interested in having, but he projects kind of like Trent Thornton does, a kind of of back-of-the-rotation sort of pitcher. But... For the Blue Jays, they need they need people that can can actually get in there. And Irvin performed well at AAA this year, which is is good considering not many pitchers are performing at AAA this year. 3.76 ERA with Lehigh Valley and 12 starts. So he's a guy who can grind innings, much like Ryan Barucki. Um, he's able to get all four of his pitches in for strikes, fastball curveball slider change up he's actually a his change up is his best pitch so he's he's a guy who uses a control like that might be another throw in necessary from the Phillies maybe a guy like um Kyle Dohey who's who's a reliever for them he's a lefty arm he's got a plus fastball but he does not have control of it yet 
hence the 720 ERA in Lehigh Valley. But as you kind of talk through it, you can see the package that Philadelphia could put together. And depending, again, on other teams' willingness to part with those top 100 prospects, it, it could get competitive. It's... I. The skepticism I expressed when talking with Tyler was that, is it going to be enough to beat what San Diego or Atlanta or Minnesota or Houston could offer? Because, no, the Yankees don't have enough. They, no, 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 no. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. It probably does help the Blue Jays out a lot to add another team into the mix to try and get the maximum of what they can for Marcus Stroman, or even Ken Giles, because Ken Giles has been rumored to go to the Phillies as well. I don't know if they'd be able to pry out Medina for Giles, but there there's a second tier of Phillies prospects led by Spencer Howard that might be able to draw something out there. So that that's something that can potentially be looked at. Um, but yeah, I've, I've talked about the Phillies way too long, so... Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk about Roy Halladay um, after this. But just a reminder that this episode of Locked On Blue Jays is sponsored by Postmates, which is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever the heck delivery you need. It's it, it's that kind of service all year round. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving Locked On listeners $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. So Download the Postmates app and use the code locked on and never have to leave the house again. You are locked on Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So um, big weekend um, in terms of the Hall of Fame. Um, Roy Halladay is officially getting inducted. Um, tomorrow into Cooperstown. It's perfect honor for him. Um, I actually tweeted out earlier today an article written by Stephanie Epstein for SportsIllustrated.com, just detailing um Roy's connection with the air and and how flying was such a huge part of his life, and ultimately it was what ended his life and. It's it's an amazing uh, job done by Stephanie on that piece. I again I tweeted out, urge y'all to read it. You you probably won't find a better top to bottom article discussing Roy Halliday. And um when Jace from the Couch put out its guide to the twenty eighteen season, um right after uh Roy died, I was I wrote the in memoriam piece. For that, and then wrote another piece for the 2019 after he got elected to Cooperstown. And when I was growing up and and just embracing the Blue Jays um, for the first time, I again I was a little too late to enjoy the World Series fully. So a lot of my early memories of the Blue Jays are tied to Roy Halladay and whenever he would step onto the mound. Like, I I relished the opportunity to, to take him in whatever video game I had and just go dominate opponents because I knew Roy Halladay had that ability and, and would 
blessed me with those skills in the virtual diamond and just what he did every day out there, just the compete level he had, the tenacity and, and Stephanie captures that in the piece as well, talking with Roy's father about how he instilled those values, um, that, that drive to be better every time the, the adversity that Roy overcame being demoted to Dunedin with a 10 ERA in his third season and, and coming back from that, just Roy was such an inspiration to me and reading about the problems that he had, the, the dark, depressing things that he, he didn't feel he was able to share with anyone else for fear of, of being wrong. Like, those are feelings I I know all too well, having having grown up as, you know, a, a very smart kid. But when I started screwing up, I tried to hide it, and it just made things so much worse. And it it I I remembered all the tributes that poured in after Roy died and just all all the all the things that that his fellow big leaders had to say about him, about his work ethic, about his kindness and, and the fact that he was struggling with those things behind the scenes just made it that much more real. And, you know, again, I, I, I think baseball in general lost a, a huge wealth of, of just help when, when Roy's plane crashed and, I, I asked for some of your thoughts and memories of Roy Halliday, and I got a few. Um, Z at Z3PO said that they love watching Doc shut down the Yanks. Any and all times were great times when they turned into the Grumpy Empire. And that that was a big part of the early Blue Jays experience for me. Anytime you could put one over... On, on the Yanks who were buying their way to titles. Just felt good, just as the underdog, just like to thumb thumb the Yankees in the eye a little bit. Um, Sean, at Sean's Jays. No matter how bad the Jays were during his time there, you knew every holiday start was worth your time because it was cha- a chance to see some magic. I saw him start a few times in person, and it was so much fun to watch. It's probably one of the biggest regrets that I, I never got to see Roy pitch in person. It was all, all via the screen. It was, it was just experienced secondhand. I, I can only imagine the electricity that coursed through the stadium when you knew Roy Halliday was on the na- on the mound, when you knew you had one of the best pitchers in baseball on your side and he was going to go out there and, and perform. Um, uh, David at David T. A. Brown, our Yankees correspondent. So, um, uh, David was at uh, his second start against Detroit. Been a fan of his from that day. You won't see a Roy another Roy Halladay ever. He was part of a dying breed. Um, David also remembers being at the 2003 home opener. For the Yankees against Roy Halladay, it was Hideki Matsui's first game. Soriano hit a grand slam off him. 
Um, the best game that David saw him in was the return of AJ Burnett. Um, tweeted Burnett about it. Burnett had fond memories of working with Roy. And um, friend of the show, fellow cheese from the couch writer, Karen Suter, Sutar at Karen Sutar one was at his first start September 20 of 1998 in Tampa Bay. She said, you knew he would be something special. Um, even though it took him a while to put it all together. Um, and I, I think, I think that was, that was it. He just had this makeup that instantly identified him as, as an ace. Um, and, and just a, a guy who would be such a positive influence wherever he went. And you can see that in his legacy, in, in all the tributes that came in, in his, and in his kids, um, Braden and Ryan, um, they, they, they appear to be boys. I, I don't think they'll, they'll reach their dad's heights, but, um, you can see that legacy in them. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him go in to the hall of fame. Um, I, I don't really know if we have time to talk about the Tigers. I don't know if we want to talk about the Tigers again. Stroman's going tonight. It's going to be a showcase start for him. Um, Kevin Biggio is hitting behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which is interesting. Um, I'm not sure how much protection Biggio offers Guerrero, given Biggio's more an on-base person, but um, Montoyo seems to be rolling him out a little later in the lineup, so... We will see how that goes against Jordan Zimmerman, who people may remember through seven shutout innings against Toronto in the opener, and has been pretty bad ever since. He's 0-6, so at least Aaron Sanchez got some wins. Jordan Zimmerman has nothing on his account this season, so hopefully the Blue Jays can do something. We, of course, will talk about it on Monday. Um, but until then, I want to thank everyone for sharing their thoughts. Thank you, Karen and David and Z and Sean and Tyler for, um, having these conversations with me and, and letting your thoughts be shared. If you want to get in on this, um, follow me on Twitter at AJ Andrews, just replace the periods with underscores and you'll get me. Um, subscribe to the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Locked on Jays or Locked on Blue Jays. And make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on um, Spotify, Stitcher, Himalaya, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Because, again, we do this daily for the most part, <laughs> except when it's like 2 a.m. And I'm just like, oh, I, I can't. So, Yeah. Um, make sure you're subscribed and you'll get this Blue Jays goodness into your heads every day of the week, give or take. So for everyone here at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode and y'all take care.